Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode here on the 5571 Podcast. My name is Danny, and this is a podcast all about what's new and what's happening at the Design Resort, as well as some of our other Southern California attractions and theme parks. Um, But we have quite a bit of news to talk about today for the Disneyland Resort, so I wanted to jump right into it this week. I'm so glad we delayed a little bit. I had found out potentially that there would be some news Um, And there definitely was. So kind of wanted to wait on this one to report on everything that happened today. And we got a lot of news going. We're getting close to a lot of things opening up. The Pixar Place Hotel about to debut at the end of this month. Magic Keys went on sale. We had closures announced for Downtown Disney that we've been talking about a lot on this podcast as well as the YouTube channel. So let's get right into it. All right, so let's go ahead and start off with the biggest news, which was Disney announced that Magic Key Passes would go on sale again, um, finally. A lot of people were waiting for that. They had paused sales on a lot of new Magic Keys. There were a lot of people that didn't renew this last round as well, too. So people were wondering, hey, when are they going to start selling new passes again? And Disney finally announced that they would be selling them starting today. Today, the day we're recording this podcast, which is Wednesday, January 10th. And there'd be a queue, like a virtual queue and all the stuff they normally do. I didn't necessarily know that they would need that queue. Um, I had heard and seen so many people saying that weren't going to renew their passes. So I thought maybe we reached a point where the demand for Magic Keys has peaked a little bit. And uh, I was definitely way wrong on that one because the, um, you know, the process started off pretty normal, pretty on par for a Disney release, right? Um, we had a virtual queue, people were trying to get access to it early. Um, and typically they either start right on time and then everything crashes or they don't start on time. And today was kind of one of those instances where the queue didn't open on time. There was a lot of people waiting and the majority of the people waited six to seven hours just to get in the queue, even if they got in right when it opened just after 9am. So It was quite, quite a day, but all four Magic Keys were available on sale today. The Inspire Key, the Believe Key, the Enchant Key, and the Imagine Key. Uh, The Imagine Key being available only to Southern California residents. Um, Tickets or passes were available for monthly payment options as well for Southern California residents too. So lots of different things available Um, all four of them. I didn't expect that either. That was another thing. So all passes went on sale. Finally, I think the queue went live just like before 10 o'clock, like 940 or something like that. It finally went live. Um, and the first passes that sold out were the inspire key, which was shocking to me. Um, the believe key and the enchant key. So that left, Essentially, um, the only pass left at the time of recording this anyway, which is the evening of Wednesday, January the 10th, um, the the cheapest annual pass, the Southern California one, was the only one that was still available. So the Imagine Key. Um, All the other passes had already sold out again. So that, to me, was crazy because the the Inspire Key is $1,649 per pass, right? So I couldn't believe that one sold out. The last round that we had, um, and it wasn't actually until just recently that the Inspire Key stopped going on sale, right? We had the Inspire Key 
remaining on sale for a really long time. Um, actually, just was the only pass that was available for sale for the longest period of time. So um, it was weird to see that be one of the passes that actually sold out. Disney reached a point where they are like, we don't want any more of these passes. So now if you're an existing pass holder and you have any of the pass types and you are maybe coming up on a time where you're going to have to have to renew your pass, all of these passes are still available for you to renew into. It's just new sales. So as of right now, with the recording of this podcast on the evening of January the 10th, just to reiterate for everyone that's listening, the only pass that's still available is the Imagine Key, which is the cheapest pass for Southern California residents only. All other Magic Keys have already sold out and have paused their sales again. And this is for, again, new Magic Keys. This has nothing to do with people that are renewing their passes. That's still fully available for whatever pass you want to renew into. But crazy. I didn't expect Disney to pause sales already for them to sell out. So, you know, maybe they're trying to limit a little bit more this year since there's going to be a lot of closures, a lot of construction. Um, They maybe have a number in mind that they wanted to get back up to after certain people didn't renew this last round. So we're going to have to wait and see when Disney does new sales again. Um, But I do know a lot of people personally that were DMing me and some of my friends that were waiting in the queue, they had been waiting literally all day since 9 a.m. And it wasn't until about 5 p.m. or 4 p.m. that they actually got in and were able to purchase those passes. So quite a wait for a lot of people that had that just up in the background. But that was, I'd say, one of the biggest news news of this week or the past week, right, was people were really excited about this coming back. And um, of course, it didn't go off without a hitch per Disney. It's usually pretty, um, pretty full of, of technical difficulties when it comes to these virtual queues, these purchasing tickets in a virtual queue. You know, it harkens back to all the days trying to buy Oogie Boogie Bash tickets. Um, I don't know how the Sweethearts Night ticket went. That sold out pretty fast. If anyone was listening to this and knows what that's like, um, that you might have a better idea of that. So it, it's, you know, D23, that's hard to purchase tickets as well, too. But anyways, I will keep you up to date um, if we hear any more news from Disney about when they're going to be selling brand new or new Magic Keys once again. Um, But for now, if you're still interested and you're a Southern California resident, jump on that Magic Key before it is gone. For our next topic, I wanted to talk about D23, right? We just mentioned that a second ago as far as purchasing tickets. Now, we've talked about D23 quite a lot on this podcast, and we talked about more recently that we would probably be expecting tickets to go on sale soon. Now, typically, um, D23 tickets have gone on sale in January, so I was expecting we might see some news about tickets going on sale at the end of this month, but Disney actually just announced today when tickets were going to go on sale for D23. So D23, the ultimate Disney fan event, is going to have tickets on sale starting March 26. So a little bit later than we thought, but that gives us some more time to save up some money, right? We have some things that are in question this year, things that are a lot different. We're introducing, of course, if you've paid attention to any of the past updates that we've had or just watched D23 announcements, we know that D23 Expo is no longer called D23 anymore. 
the event is now just called D23, the ultimate Disney fan event, and it has expanded its footprint into the rest of the city of Anaheim. They're including this time the Honda Center. So not only the Anaheim Convention Center, but the Honda Center as well for an additional venue for some of the larger presentations. And we're not really quite sure at this time what that's going to be like, what's actually going to be over there at the Honda Center. But that is, you know, a Ticketmaster Live Nation venue. So is it going to be assigned seating? Is it going to be a lot easier for people to attend these larger in-demand events because they'll have a ticket that's assigned seating. They can maybe purchase a better ticket on the floor or maybe up in the nosebleeds if they don't really care. Um, Rather than having to queue up overnight or all day long just to hopefully get a seat and not be on standby the way that D23 normally goes. So again, tickets go on sale March 26th. Disney did have... um, a little bit of like information. They said that more information about the tickets and what we'd be purchasing would be available closer to the date, right? So we'll have to wait a little bit, maybe in the month of March, maybe even in in February as we get a little bit closer. Um, But at the end of March, we'll be able to buy those tickets. They also threw in a couple announcements too. Um, So we've had a D23 Expo in Japan before. And of course, we also have Destination D23 in Orlando. Well, they announced this time that D23 would be expanding um, to Brazil in Latin America for the first time ever. And that would be in November. So our D23 is going to be happening in August. So August 9th, 10th, and 11th. And then just after that August in November, they're going to have D23 in Brazil. And um, this one they mentioned would be a Disney experience. I don't know if it's as big of an announcement um, as like the normal D23 ultimate fan event that we're having, but it was indicated as like a different kind of uh, feature. And additionally, they also mentioned that the larger events would be streamed on Disney Plus this year. Um, Now, I know they've done some live streams in the past of like the park's uh, presentation on YouTube, um, but this time it sounds like they're going to be integrating performances um, through into Disney plus. And they did mention that the Honda center or the larger venues of this new expo would be, um, hosting musical performances with world-class artists, special content presentations, a brand new interactive app for D23 and a one of a kind shopping experience, um, at the event. So lots of things to look forward to. Hopefully Disney shares more information, Um, Again, this is going to be the first year that it's not D23 Expo and that it's D23. So I'm not quite sure what that means as far as how the event's going to change. But I think that's going to be the biggest thing that we watch this year is to see how things change, um, how the event's going to be a little bit different. Obviously, we have the new venue included. How's that going to change? Like, what's transportation look like? Is it going to be everyone for their on their own trying to get over there? And what presentations are actually being held there? So lots of questions still underway, but at least at now, we know tickets on sale starting March 26. Next up was a big announcement that was finally confirmed today for Downtown Disney, and that was 
the closing date of Tortilla Joe's. Now, we've been talking about that a lot on this podcast um, in speculative form, right? We knew that the restaurant was closing earlier, much, much earlier. I had talked about the restaurant potentially closing at the end of summer because that's what the cast members who worked there had mentioned that they were told. Um, Then we had heard more rumors um, later on that it would be closing in the month of March. Well, today, Tortilla Joe's finally reached out to all of their people on their mailing list and told them specifically that the restaurant would be closing on March 31st, 2024, and they wanted to thank everyone for like an amazing 20 plus years in downtown Disney as they're one of the original locations in downtown Disney District. Um, It is sad to see another OG location go. Um, But, you know, more specifically about this location. So we've talked about it before, but I'll bring it up again for those listening. This is a restaurant that's owned by the Patina Restaurant Group. Uh, Patina Restaurant Group has a very long standing history with Disney parks. They have tons of restaurants at the Walt Disney World Resort, as well as the Disneyland Resort. And in downtown Disney specifically, before all the changes had happened, they had Tortilla Joe's, they had the Catal restaurant, the Uva Bar, and Naples. So all those restaurants and their respective quick service restaurants like the Taqueria and the Napolini restaurant all belong to the Pacina restaurant group. Um, Then, of course, as we know, Catal and Uva Bar announced their closure, and Disney shared that the Patina Restaurant Group would be developing a brand new Mexican restaurant that was going to be headed by a Michelin star chef, Carlos Gaetan, and it would be in this amazing new location with the bar, which was the Uva Bar, changing to Centrico, and then the restaurant Catal, which was Mediterranean, changing to a... um, a Mexican cuisine restaurant that's very high-end, very upscale, called Paseo. And as we saw construction happen, the restaurant had grown significantly um, as far as its dining space. Um, And the amount of space they were going to be using, they reclaimed a ton of space above the Wonderground Gallery and also the Disney Home Store to add a bunch of new dining. They also added accordion windows up above that location and the other um, shops like the Love Pop Shop and uh, the, the Soccer Shop to really get bring that open-air dining to that location for guests that were dining at Paseo once it opens. Um, Centrico, in my opinion, looks way bigger than the Uva Bar did. I don't know if it's just force perspective or scale or whatnot, but I just feel like it looks so much bigger as a structure uh, than it did. But anyways, long story short, We have now three restaurants still existing in downtown Disney that are owned by the Patina Restaurant Group, Tortilla Joe's, which is Mexican. And now we're going to have Paseo and Centrico, which were also Mexican. So we knew even way before that the restaurant was going to be closing that it would probably mean the end of Tortilla Joe's because there's absolutely no way one company that operates three restaurants in downtown Disney would want two of the same type of food restaurants in downtown Disney, literally feet away from each other. So a higher end Mexican restaurant next to a regular, regular Mexican restaurant. So it didn't make sense. So we knew Tortilla Joe's numbers were day were, were like, you know, the number was up. It was about to be the end of the line for Tortilla Joe's. So, um, you know, it, 
Even though it is beloved by a lot of people, it is arguably one of the least crowded restaurants in downtown Disney over the years. Um, it was typically always that one in your back pocket that you could always make sure to get a reservation for last minute. Um, I know specifically anyways, when I was working in the hotels at downtown Disney, when someone desperately needed a reservation on like busy, busy weekends, Tortilla Joe's was kind of always a guarantee, right? You were always able to find reservations there. So it was either up in the air whether people really liked this location or didn't like the food. Um, I always felt like the bar um, and kind of just quick grab-and-go things from the taqueria were really good and um, were probably the more popular of the options at this restaurant. But it is now time for the restaurant to say goodbye. An original, long-standing location from the beginning of downtown Disney when Disneyland became the Disneyland Resort is now going to be closing. So again, that closing date for Tortilla Joe's was March 31st, 2024. Now the Taqueria, which is the attached quick service restaurant, that's going to remain open through April 13th, 2024. So just a couple of weeks after the restaurant closes, the Taqueria will still remain open, serving guests a little bit longer. Now, we don't know what's going to be coming to this location. It hasn't been shared yet by either the Patina Group or the D Disneyland Resort. I did reach out to the Patina Group for a comment, and they're actually the ones that provided me with the extended date for the Taqueria to remain open until April 13th. I did follow up with the question. I asked them if they were going to, as a group, maintain this location to build something new in downtown Disney, or if they were planning to give the location up and um, and just focus on, you know, Paseo, Centrico, and Naples, um, but they declined to comment. So I just don't think that Disney's ready to share the plans for this location, even if it is to remain a patina restaurant. Um, we need to just kind of wait and see until they're ready to share with, with us what that's going to be. I would imagine it's not that far off, right? I can't imagine Disney would close a location and then especially one that's like in a high demand area and not like kind of line up right afterward to tell us what's coming there soon. So I'm sure we'll probably know. I'm just curious to see if Patina Restaurant Group um, hangs on to this space or if they let it go. So um, this my, was always my speculated, as you know, speculated location for the permanent multi-story, including the tavern for Earl of Sandwich. Um, but now there's a lot of people telling me that's the other end of downtown Disney where they're building the, um, the new locations next to Din Tai Fung. So that's really what we're going to have to see. But I would imagine, you know, retail space and restaurant space is really limited in downtown Disney. Um, and Patina Restaurant Group has this location, right? And I'm sure they, you know, maybe they've signed contracts and they have this leased space. So, um, I would imagine letting go of space in downtown Disney is probably a really hard thing to get back if you ever wanted to come back. So, um, you know, maybe it's time that they let it go and they, they just don't want to have three locations anymore. They just want to focus on the other ones. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Is it going to stay Patina Restaurant Group or are we getting something totally different? Lots of people were DMing me saying, this is going to be the new Earl of Sandwich. I thought that maybe that'd be the case. But that's we don't know. Other people were saying they hope this turns into In-N-Out and things like that. Um, I doubt that's the case, right? Because it's literally right next to Black Tap Burger. So um, 
as much as we all would love in and out in downtown Disney, I just don't ever see that being um, the case. But this is a pretty big location and lots of um, potential, right, for this space here um, to have something really awesome. The question is, what food group would you guys want to come see in, you know, this place, right? We're going to have Mexican. We already have Italian. Um, we've got Creole Jazz Kitchen, you know, with the Louisiana Cajun Creole food. Um, then we've got uh, Din Tai Fung, which is Chinese. Um, you know, we're going to have, uh, we have uh, some other like small quick service locations, like we have Earl Sandwich. Um, we've got like other quick things like Starbucks and Jamba Juice. So what do you think's missing here? Do we need like a Japanese food slash sushi location? Do we need um, like Persian or me like Mediterranean food that's different from like um, what we had with Katal? Like what do you think would be good here that we still need? Do we need like a good steakhouse in downtown Disney? Um, I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't think of like what I would want here the most. Like I feel like I would frequent at least every once in a while in downtown Disney. So let me know. Send me an email at danny at justasdanny.com or shoot me a DM on any of the platforms. I'd love to hear your opinions on it. And of course, don't forget, you can also, if you want to share your voice memo, record a voice memo and share that with me. I'll include some of your responses in the next episode um, if we get a few of them. Um, and you can, again, email that voice memo to danny at justasdanny.com. Over inside Disneyland Park, construction has really kicked into overdrive over at Tiana's Bayou Adventure. Um, I had a chance to see it myself over this past weekend. I saw some major structural changes. And then, of course, right before I podcast uh, recorded this podcast today, just yesterday, I saw that Fresh Baked, David from Fresh Baked, he actually posted... Um, a picture of the water tower already being installed. So man, things are, I mean, there wasn't even a pad ready for that, for that water tower when I was there over the weekend. They were certainly prepping the area and they had tons of bags of cement there mixing and pouring. Um, like I mentioned, taking advantage of this dry weather spell we're having um, because we're supposed to have a pretty wet winter. So um, Disney is moving full force on some of this exterior construction on Tiana's Bayou Adventure. And um, between when I went this last weekend and now, they already have the water tower installed on its platform. So um, if you want to check it out, check out Fresh Baked um, on Twitter slash X. He's got pictures. And I'm sure David probably also has um, a video up, right? He always has construction updates. So definitely check that out if you want to see that in person and what that looks like. Um, and then when I was there over the weekend as well, too, like I mentioned, I also saw some um, structural changes on the first exterior drop. So that exterior drop on Splash Mountain, that first kind of drop you kind of all got wet on, um, that one looked like from the outside or down below that it was being closed in or at least shut off from the way it normally is. So there's a large wall being built up on that space. Normally, you know, taller guests can see over that wall and down below. It's kind of your lookout point as you're going down that first drop. And um, it looked like it might be being closed in, right? The the premise or storyline of the location of, um, of this uh, attraction is going to be that it's in an abandoned salt mine, right? Tiana purchased an abandoned salt mine for her 
business operations as her foods business continued to grow after the success of her restaurant. So again, this is all taking place after the movie um, Princess and the Frog. So Tiana's grown a, a much larger and successful business, um, and she purchased space now for her business to kind of um, you know, construct its, its, do all of its operations, right? The construction, the logistics, all that stuff. So that's what this abandoned salt mine is for. Um, and so I'm thinking maybe in closing that first drop, they can kind of create a mine shaft. Um, and it's kind of like you entering the mine shaft and into the depths of the salt mine, um, as the ride and storyline progresses. So we'll have to wait and see, right? There's, um, essentially every single, the whole ride's different, right? So every single story and and uh, show scene is going to be totally different than it was before. It's not just a layover. This is a brand new ride. So lots of things already shown over at Walt Disney World, but I'm excited to see how ours takes place. Um, I'll continue to cover it. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of construction in that area, not only with this, but with Haunted Mansion um, starting and joining up with that very, very soon. Um, but if you want to make sure you're following me on YouTube, just ask Annie to search that. Um, it'll also be in the show notes, of course, like it always is. So if you want to follow and see these live updates from YouTube, so you can get a visual of what's going on, definitely follow me there. Next up, I wanted to go back to the Pixar Place Hotel and talk about another big opening happening there. Not, I guess not big opening per se, but it's a big news if you're staying at the hotel, right? It's been something that's been missing greatly from that hotel, from guests that have been staying there over the past few years since the pandemic, right? And that is the quick service location is finally going to open. And this is specifically, I'm talking about the one by in the lobby. So the one right next to the Great Maple itself, that's going to be called the Sketchpad Cafe. And again, the Sketchpad Cafe is going to have its grand opening on January the 12th, which is Friday. So Friday, January the 12th, um, one day after you're listening to this podcast after it uh, posts, right? Um, I did talk to some of the Great Maple staff when I was over there, and they mentioned that the location would actually be opening on the day that this podcast um, debuts. So on the 11th, it's going to have like a soft open, but that it would have its official grand opening on the 12th. So Sketchpad Cafe, for those that don't know, it's the little kind of coffee, quick grab and go location just off the lobby slash waiting area in the Pixar Place Hotel. Um, this is going to be a great place to stop by in the morning. It looks like serving hours are from 6am until 11am. They're going to have some quick grab-and-go items for breakfast, some desserts, um, a bakery case, sandwiches, other things you can grab and take with you. Of course, they're going to have an espresso bar, a build-your-own-coffee bar, um, tea options. So uh, this is, again, run by the Great Maple, just like every other food location at the Pixar Place Hotel. Um, we can probably expect those uh, seasonal and maple bacon donuts available over at this location to go. Um, so we'll have to kind of wait and see what's actually showing up there as far as food's concerned. Um, but it is big news because um, up until now, guests at that hotel have been buying all of their food from vending machines, right? They had a little vending machine room set up with some kind of like 7-Eleven style sandwiches that you could grab and go. And this was basically the case for the entirety of 
um, Disneyland's reopening period from the pandemic. So it's been quite a while, right? We hadn't had a proper restaurant at that hotel because it never reopened after the pandemic. And then we got the Great Maple, which I think is an excellent option. I've already been to the location twice. And um, the best part about it is it serves breakfast all day long. So um, really a great option for people that are late risers and still want to be able to go downstairs and grab breakfast. Um, but again, the Sketchpad Cafe will be opening on January the 12th. And it's just one more thing being added as we count down to the grand opening of the hotel or grand reopening um, on January the 30th. One thing I also wanted to mention for those that are visiting the Disneyland Resort this weekend or are planning to head over there, don't forget this weekend is the official return of Run Disney at the Disneyland Resort. So this is going to be the Disneyland Half Marathon weekend with, of course, the Half Marathon happening on Sunday, the 10K on Saturday, and then the 5K happening before that with the kids' races. So um, the whole weekend is going to be taken up by the um, Disneyland Half Marathon. The return of Run Disney is a really big deal, right, at the Design Resort. Um, but with that comes road closures, and it makes getting to and around the resort very difficult for people that are driving via car. So it's going to be taking place January 11th through the 14th. So all starting on Thursday, going all the way until the 14th, which is Sunday, all days are affected um, by the races and all the road closures. And specifically for the half marathon road closures, those can go all the way up until around 10 a.m., 12 noon. So it, it can really last um, quite a long time for some areas in and around the resort. Um, Disneyland really tries to wrap up the um, the places that runners are directly around the resort so that those can reopen and traffic can resume in those places. Um, but don't be surprised if you see road closures, redirections. Um, if you, Honestly, if you're coming to the resort, I would just kind of say it's safe to assume that if you come after lunch, after 12, you're probably going to have a better experience traffic-wise and you won't have to deal with any of this. But if you are visiting that the, the resort this weekend and you want to get there early because you're trying to spend a full day, maybe you bought a ticket, just keep in mind that you're going to be running into this and there's probably going to be alternate routes and lots of traffic that you're going to have to go through just to get to where you need to park. Um, so again, keep that in mind. The Run Disney, Disneyland Half Marathon, finally back again. But with that brings a lot of road closures because again, a half marathon is 13.1 miles. So it's not only all throughout the parks, but majority of the rest of Anaheim and neighboring cities like Orange so and Garden Grove. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, I'm excited to see all the posts and videos and things that people take from this weekend. Um, I did a run Disney race in 2017 or 18. Um, I did the Star Wars race and it was a lot of fun. Um, I did the half marathon. Um, I would love to have done this one. I tried to register, but um, registration filled up um, while I was in that queue. You know, we talked about those dreaded queues earlier in this podcast in regards to getting a magic key. Well, I was in the queue to register for this half marathon. And while I was waiting in the queue, the little update message on the bottom said that all race races had been registered for. So 
wasn't able to do it this time around. Um, but whatever the next run Disney race is, I might be looking towards that one. I know that they had posted that they're going to be doing a Halloween race for the first time. That one kind of piqued my interest, but there's a lot going on around that time. So I kind of didn't want to commit to a race uh, at Halloween just because so many other things are happening. Um, and it really is a commitment, at least for me anyway. If I'm running these races, I want to prepare. I want to be training for it like I did the last one so I can try to beat my last time. So <laughs> uh, if I'm going to be doing a race, I'd rather do one like this one where it's in January. Um, so whatever the next Disneyland Half Marathon weekend is, I'm going to try for that one. So um, Disneyland Half Marathon 2025, um, definitely try to catch me um, preparing and trying to register for that one. Um, I know this time it was really hard to get into because it had just returned. It was the first race back at Disneyland Resort. And people that are in the Run Disney Club had like first access and they were mostly the ones that um, had booked. And because the Run Disney races returned on the West Coast, it also meant the return of the Coast to Coast medal, right? Everyone loves collecting their Run Disney medals and the Coast to Coast medal used to be a very coveted medal because you had to complete a race on both coasts, the East and West. So um, with Disneyland races coming back, it meant the return of that. So a lot of Run Disney Club members who run all the Disney World races were quick to book their trips and book the race to do this one so they could get that coveted medal once again. And lastly, for this update, I wanted to talk about the Mark Twain. We have an opening date for the Mark Twain Riverboat, and that is February the 2nd. That is one of my favorite attractions at Disneyland Resort, and it's been down for quite a while. And I actually, again, had a chance to see this in person over the weekend, and they have really done a lot to refurbish this ship, almost everything from top to bottom. It even got brand new gold leafing on the smokestack, so everything essentially looks brand new. And it even has, of course, the newest addition, which is a brand new paddle wheel on the back of the ship. All looks custom made and probably very, very expensive to refurbish, but we have a brand new version of Fantasmic coming back Memorial Day weekend, so they're going to need this ship in tip-top running shape to, you know, continue forward with nightly presentations of Fantasmic and daily usage, right, on the Rivers of America, transporting guests uh, on their round-the-river journey. One of my favorite things to do at Disneyland, so I'm excited to see it come back again. That's February the 2nd. Over at Disneyland, um, you can do the Mark Twain Riverboat once again. And that wraps up this episode of the 5571 Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening and um, finding out all this information that just like I did today and trying to put it all together for you. So I really um, hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Just make sure you hit that follow button or that subscribe button so that you get notified about the latest episodes on whatever platform you're using to listen to it. Um, but again, thank you so much for spending time to listen to the episode. And uh, we'll see you next week on an episode to talk more about the latest and greatest news. And I'll also have a brand new video from this past race weekend over at Disneyland, bringing you all the latest updates. I saw a lot more construction updates when I was visiting Disneyland uh, during the week. So I'll have lots of things on my list to check out during the day and get all that footage for you guys to share with you. So again, make sure you're following me 
on YouTube as well at Just Ask Danny. And if you want more up-to-the-minute updates, I usually post those on my X slash Twitter or even threads. Um, and you can follow me on both of those. Those are all, of course, Just Ask Danny as well, too. But again, thanks you for listening, and we'll see you next time.